G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. On a Monday, we like to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby, get an update on what's happening politically, get an idea of the political agenda for the week ahead. Martin Isles is the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Martin's back with us. Martin, welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Good to be back. Martin, a big week ahead and uh, an issue that we have mentioned a time or two in previous months uh, because it's been building up to this, but Mark Latham in New South Wales leading an inquiry into a proposed New South Wales bill that aims to ban the promotion of gender fluidity in schools. You've been monitoring along this carefully. What's happening in New South Wales? Well, this is Mark Latham's effort to uh, answer the proliferation of safe schools-style content in government schools and all indeed in private schools as well. Um, A lot of people will remember the safe schools scandal when everyone found out that their kids were being told that there's not just boys and girls and they can like whoever they want and a lot worse besides, you know, really severe ideology, lots of even adult content was at play and anyway... Since then, even though Safe Schools has been removed from some states, and I think New South Wales is one of them, um, unfortunately that sort of content pops up all the time now. It's in all sorts of curricula. It's in all sorts of third-party programs. It's just everywhere. You can't... It's like playing whack-a-mole. You can't just... You can't stop it. It pops up somewhere else every time. And so Mark Latham has created this law and good on him for doing it. I mean, uh, it's a, he's a courageous politician to take this stand uh, when so many others just won't even look at it or they just pretend it's a non-issue. He's created this law to basically make it unlawful for schools to teach uh, ideas like gender fluidity, uh, like uh, non-binary views of of gender, like uh, sexual ethics that are sort of LGBT inclined without parental consent to say that you can't. uh, He says that the primary uh, responsibility of teaching children morals and values and ethics and about sexuality and gender lies with parents. Uh, And you cannot, as a school, go ahead and teach these concepts and this content to children without the parents' knowledge. Now, I think that's absolutely fantastic. It's a no-brainer. It makes perfect sense. The difficulty is that he's coming up against formidable opposition, as you can well imagine, because the political edge of parts of the LGBT community just don't want to have a bar of this. uh, And so much of their activism depends on getting into kids' minds. And so they have swamped the public inquiry with uh, submissions from their side. And so what we're asking people to do is, well, let's swamp them back. There's far more of us. Uh, and uh, it's going to be easy to do because what the inquiry has done is put out a survey for people to fill in, a questionnaire, and if you complete that questionnaire, then you have given your feedback to the inquiry. That's the only means by which they've offered to do this. You have to fill out the survey, the questionnaire, and to find that questionnaire, you just need to go to the ACL website, acl.org.au. There'll be a link to it there, and if you're in the state of New South Wales, if you care about the next generation, about children, and what's going on in schools and the education system, Get onto it, fill it out. You'll be doing Mark a huge favour. You'll be doing us a huge favour, and uh, you'll be doing your bit to advance the debate on this. 
Uh, Martin, when we talk submissions, uh, oftentimes there are hundreds, even thousands of submissions that are made and uh, people are very emotive around this issue. Undoubtedly, the LGBT movement will be, uh, you know, every man and their dog will be making a submission here. I suspect uh, when you say Christians, uh, time to make a submission, and sometimes we talk about the idea of uh, not being steamrolled, uh, time to take opportunities when there are opportunities to have your say. This is one of those moments. Uh, So for every parent, uh, and especially in New South Wales, if you're outside of New South Wales, can you make a submission to this, or is it mainly New South Wales people at this point, Martin? It is New South Wales people at this point. I mean, if I lived in New South Wales, I'd be filling it out. If I had kids, I'd be filling it out. I've sent it to some friends who have kids in New South Wales. Every parent uh, who is a Christian or cares about this stuff, which is so many. In fact, it's actually the majority of parents who care about this. They don't like this being pushed on their children. And for good reason, because it gets inside children's heads and you get this epidemic of gender dysphoria and whatnot because their head is full of this rubbish. Uh, So it's really, I think, so important that this has stopped. And in terms of usually these inquiries require, as you say, Neil, submission. So people write an email or they, they, they put together a nicely thought out letter and they send it in. That's not the way this one's working. They've just got a questionnaire that they would like you to fill out if you're interested in giving feedback. So it's a bit more controlled. I suspect it's to try and control the passions and concerns that are around this so that they get a more focused uh, level of feedback. Uh, And the way that they're asking people to do it is to fill in the questionnaire. But they will make sure that you're a New South Wales resident because that's who they want to hear from. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's many New South Wales listeners to the program. It's uh, the biggest state in terms of population that we've got. So... Uh, and there's a huge Christian community in New South Wales, so I would be very optimistic that we can uh, get the majority of questionnaires on our side of the issue. At the moment, the LGBT community is thousands ahead of us, but we are expecting to close that gap if people uh, stand up and, and get busy. Okay, Uh, there's a need for thousands of submissions and interestingly here, Mark Latham is a New South Wales Upper House MP and it's not as though this issue is restricted in between the borders of New South Wales. Uh, What are your thoughts for every other state and territory around Australia right now that is not actually pursuing this sort of uh, bill? Uh, Everyone else needs it too, don't they, Martin? Oh, they do. And that's why it's so great to have a major state like New South Wales um, putting this up, uh, because if there was some success to this, or even if it's not ultimately successful, but it creates a very significant conversation in the parliament and amongst lawmakers, it starts to create a precedent where uh, you can uh, go into other states and start to raise the same argument. You know, Queensland, for example, would be an excellent candidate to go in to with an argument around putting up a law like this is sort of a second you sort of see which states would be the most receptive or the most where there's most opportunity uh, and you you can start working your way out from one state that sets a precedent that's what happens so often with these sorts of laws so very exciting to see mark and doing what he's doing and uh, i'm very grateful for uh, what he's what he's pioneering in new south wales So if you think that parents are the ones who ought to have responsibility for the formation of their child's social, moral and ethical values, uh, that survey, and if you've been scrambling to find a pen to write down how to find this survey, simply go to the ACL website, the Australian Christian Lobby, acl.org.au. That's acl.org.au and be a part of those submissions. Uh, Let's talk through some other issues quickly. Uh, Big one in South Australia. 
the abortion to birth bill in South Australia. It uh, could be debated as early as tomorrow. Uh, your update here on what's happening in South Australia, Martin. Yes, uh, South Australia, they've been, we've been talking about this for a few weeks, I think. And last weekend, there was a massive walk for life, a pro-life rally in Adelaide. I was at that. I spoke at it. Uh, in fact, I missed the update last week, Neil, because I was in Adelaide taking care of a lot of these things. Uh, and uh, 5,000 Adelaideans showed up um, for that event, which was just tremendous for a smaller city to put on a turnout like that. It just shows public concern. Uh, and the pro-abortion rally, which followed the f- next weekend, was just a couple of hundred people. Uh, and so you can see the difference. We've also done the polling. 70-plus percent of, or more than 70% of South Australians don't want late-term abortion. The outpouring of concern by South Australians to call their local MPs, to email their local MPs, to stand up and rally, to even go and visit their local MPs in many cases and speak up about this has been tremendous. And we're on the home run. And uh, we now have a situation where the parliament will be voting on abortion to the day of birth this week. And we're actually, we're hopeful, we're quietly prayerful and hopeful that in fact amendments could get up which ban late-term abortion in South Australia. That's our prayer and our hope. And there are many MPs who have come on side with that view to say, well, at 23 weeks at least, and this is just a small, this is a pushback in the right direction. You know, we're obviously completely pro-life and we'd love to see no abortion in the country. But what's on the cards here is an opportunity for a nation first, which is to say at 23 weeks a child is viable, a child can be born and live and have a healthy life, They can feel pain. They've got a beating heart. They've got, you know, they're they're making facial expressions and stretching. This is a child. And at 23 weeks, there's a cutoff. No, you cannot abort a child at that age. And so to ban late-term abortion, you know, for the first time with one of these law reform programs uh, that's happened around the various states, uh, South Australia could achieve that. And that's a tremendous uh, victory in the right direction. And it gives us an opportunity to go to other states and say, hey, How about you do the same and curtail this barbaric and inhumane practice of late-term abortion? So I would say to anyone in South Australia who has not yet contacted their uh, MP, please, please do it. Do it now. Do it today because the vote is on. This is the last chance. A number of them need bolstering. A number of them need strengthening in their position. And a number of them are right on the line. They're just not sure which way they will go. So your call your email, preferably call, otherwise email, could really make a big difference. So I would just encourage South Australians in that. And for those of you who have done what you can in that regard, please remember to pray. Well, science is on the pro-life side. Uh, Common sense is on the pro-life side. And uh, even ultrasound technology uh, will show anyone uh, that uh, the pro-life side has such a strong, strong position on this type of debate. And uh, when there are polls that reveal 71% of South Australians don't support late-term abortion, uh, Martin Isles, we might all wonder what MPs are doing. But, uh, you know, when we talk about a Canberra bubble for politicians, no doubt there are bubbles around politicians in all of our states as well. Do you think that there's a, you know, a lobbying process creating a bubble and, and, and those parliamentarians in South Australia, they're just hearing one side of the story and not hearing from the Christian side? What are your thoughts about that uh, so far? as influence goes 
Oh, I think that's definitely true. There is a bubble, uh, and that bubble seems to immunise itself against, particularly the Christian voice. Uh, I think MPs often underestimate the size and uh, concern that is in the Christian constituency. Um, but, you know, one of the things I've learned is that politics tends to be downstream from culture, which is politicians, they change once the culture changes. They're, they're like weather vanes. You know, if the community in a democratic society are overwhelmingly in favour of issue X, over time you can expect the politicians to get the memo and come on side with issue X. And it's the same with abortion. They've all got this perception at the moment that the community doesn't care about abortion. That's the main thing. And that those who do care are pro-choice. But as the community changes, which it surely is, and the polling shows that and the turnout for the rally shows that and the increasing awareness around life in the last few years in particular has shown that, as the community changes, you can expect more and more politicians also to change. And just a really good little case study in this is that abortion to birth was legislated in Victoria and Tasmania and ACT first. Then it went to Queensland, then it went to New South Wales. And the resistance in each of those cases has increased. In Victoria, it was quite an easy job for the government to get it through. In Queensland, they faltered. They had to have two bills. There was pushback. There was trouble. In New South Wales, it nearly broke the government. It was an unbelievable um, uh, set of circumstances there where the blowback from the community was so strong, the government nearly didn't survive. It nearly split apart. And they put legislative reforms off the agenda after that, further reforms, because they were concerned about rousing up the same community. Now in South Australia, we're seeing politicians going, you know what, maybe we should ban late-term abortion because the community doesn't want it. And you can see there the steady increase of concern is changing the politicians slowly. And it's a hard slog, believe you me, and it doesn't happen as fast as we wish it did, but it is happening. And so people can take courage in that. When we stand up and we stand up consistently, slowly but surely politicians come around because they see what the community wants and they act accordingly. Okay, for South Australian listeners, be in touch with your MPs. An important time around uh, issues uh, to do with the value of those babies in the womb. Hey, when we talk politicians and we talk elections and we talk about a Christian vote, I mean, it's a difficult thing, I think, over the years, uh, just making this observation, Martin, that Christians don't necessarily vote in a block. Not everybody is on the same page when it comes to the morality and the ethics of what happens politically. But there's another election just on the horizon right now, the Western Australian election. And no doubt you'll be calling, Martin, uh, those Christian voters over the coming days to make sure their vote counts and in areas uh, of moral and ethical issues that are being addressed in Western Australia. Uh, so the next election, Western Australia, 13th of March. Uh, what are your thoughts for what's coming up, Martin? Well, this is a hard one because Mark McGowan is incredibly popular because of the um, stance he's taken around COVID-19. Uh, I think most West Australians, um, they're, they're not big fans of the East Coasters anyway, so there's <laughs> that. But at the same time, I think they feel as though, well, he's, he's, he's kept the virus out of the state and done a very good job of that. And they're quite happy about it. They don't mind being cut off from the East. That's completely fine. Uh, and so he's very, very, very popular. And he's also popular among Christians. But, you know, Neil, you made a point uh, before where you said Christians haven't always voted in the same, as a bloc. And that is, that is true. 
But one of the things that's happening in recent years is that some of the um, the lines are being drawn more and more clearly around a few really non-negotiable moral issues, which are starting to cause Christians to trend in a, more fully in the same direction. And you can take, for example, in Victoria, you and I have talked for several weeks about the change in suppression bill in Victoria, this so-called conversion therapy bill, which has so many effects, uh, one of which I discovered the other day is that a Christian parent who prays for their own child about sexuality or gender issues, even if their child asks for it, could be committing a criminal offence and perpetuating domestic violence. You know, that's an issue that has woken up the church in Victoria like nothing else. And they've suddenly gone, you know what, this Daniel Andrews character is no good for the church. It's no good for, he's no good for the cause of righteousness. He's got to go. And for all the other things he might do, that issue has been so significant. Here's why I raise that. I raise it because Mark McGowan's government in Western Australia have made intimations that they would like to introduce the same sort of bill in the West Australian Parliament if they win in March. Now, that is so serious. Uh, that has such a tremendous impact on religious freedom, on children, on churches, on parents, on Christian medical professionals. It's an oppressive bill. It's a very, very well, I'll just say it, it's an evil bill. Uh, and he has said that that's what he'd like to do. So I want to say to Christians in WA or people of goodwill who care about these issues, listen, he, was, he might have been good on COVID-19. But don't be completely distracted by that. All the premiers are popular on COVID-19 right around the country. It's not just Mark McGowan. They're all riding a wave of popularity in their own state. But don't just focus on that, therefore. Um, uh, focus on this really important issue that's going to last for generations around religious freedom and freedom for parents. Well, we're going to be giving some focus to the Western Australian state election in the lead-up to it, and uh, we'll talk through issues and we'll get Christian commentary on it. Uh, just quickly, though, uh, any other issues that Christians would need to be aware of, uh, given the McGowan government uh, and some of the issues, uh, not just that conversion therapy bill that they are planning perhaps to introduce there, but uh, other issues just quickly, Martin? Well, over the course of the McGowan government's tenure, uh, they've done a few things which are concerning. One is that they've championed euthanasia in Western Australia and legislated for it. That's quite a complicated topic and one that uh, needs a bit of talking about for people to see the issue. But look, at the end of the day, it is legislating. It's saying basically that legitimate medical health, medical care is to kill people uh, and you kill people when they reach the useful end of their, you know, the end of their useful life in, in terms of what we think about what a useful person is. And you know, if you get to a point of disability or whatever, kill them. It's got dreadful consequences. Countries that have done it have really, really rude the day that they did it. He brought that in, and that's very sad. It's an anti-Christian view of life. But also he brought in, um, um, uh, they, they tried to legislate surrogacy for single men, uh, which was a real problem. Uh, and also they've brought in uh, exclusion zones for abortion clinics, which means that you can't, uh, you know, to try and outlaw prayer near abortion clinics, for example, because there are groups that go and pray near abortion clinics. They want to outlaw that, get rid of them. There's also individuals that do what they call sidewalk counselling near abortion clinics. They've got a very bad reputation, but it's uh, unfortunately it's a bit of a beat-up. They're not bad people. They do incredible work. They just give sort of simple offers to help to those who walk by to say we're here to help if you need it. And, you know, some of those sidewalk counsellors have seen hundreds of babies born alive who otherwise would have been aborted and women who wanted another way out and just encountered them at the right time. They do a wonderful ministry for God and for 
for, for the needy. Uh, and the McGowan government has introduced laws to ban them. Uh, so, you know, he's done a few things. The government down there has done a few things that are worrying uh, and that uh, I would say are cause for concern. Uh, and going forward, the fact they've indicated, yeah, we might bring in this conversion therapy bill like they've got in Victoria, just makes you go, okay, they're on a very bad path. Uh, they've got an ideological bent to them that's not good, uh, and I don't think Christians should should support it, and I think if they do, they'll, they'll probably regret it. Now, ordinarily, in the lead-up to a state election, uh, the Australian Christian Lobby sets up a website which deals with issues like this. Uh, there is one that's uh, that's coming up or that people can access. Is that live at the moment, Martin? Uh, it's not live at the moment, Neil, but if people just follow their emails from ACL um, and uh, you know look at the ACL social media, all that information will be going up uh, probably in the next few weeks. Okay. acl.org.au. Follow along what's happening in your state or your territory. acl.org.au. Martin Isles is Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Martin, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. My pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.